Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for August 30th, 2020. On this day in 1916, Sir Ernest Shackleton rescued the last of his men after he and the crew of the Endurance spent two years shipwrecked in the Antarctic Sea. The expedition to reach the South Pole aboard the ship Endurance commenced in December of 1914, the beginning of summer for the Southern Hemisphere. To reach the shore of Antarctica, the Endurance had to carefully weave through impassable pack ice and endlessly shifting ice flows. The density of this ice grew unexpectedly thick as they sailed on, slowing progress to a crawl. Shackleton would later write in his autobiography, I had been prepared for evil conditions in the Waddell Sea, but had, but had hoped that the pack would be loose. What we were encountering was fairly dense pack of a very obstinate character. After more than a month of sailing, Shackleton could see land on the horizon. However, inclement weather and currents forced the endurance to redirect, and in mid-January of 1915, progress toward shore shore ground to a halt. Ice crushed in from all sides, trapping the ship completely. In February, the crew pounded away at the ice with picks and chisels to free the endurance, but these efforts proved futile. They were stuck. Worse yet, the ice around them was drifting north. The ship's primitive wireless communications equipment had no hope of calling for rescue at this distance, so Shackleton and his crew had to wait for the ice pack to release them. But months passed, and the pack continued to forcefully carry the endurance away from shore. Soon it was May, and winter had arrived, and by July the ice began to break up somewhat, but storms in August and September made the situation even worse, pounding the hull with massive chunks of ice. On October 24th, the Endurance could, in fact, endure no more. Ice punctured the hull and water began steadily seeping in. Shackleton ordered all 28 of his men to abandon the ship and bring all supplies to camps on the ice. This included their remaining food, several packs of sled dogs intended for the transcontinental journey, and three 20-foot lifeboats. In late November, the Endurance sank to the bottom of the Waddell Sea leaving the men stranded on the ice hundreds of miles from shore. The cruise photographer, an Australian named Frank Hurley, was able to save his cameras, photo plates, and 150 existing photographs from the sinking ship. All of the powerful behind-the-scenes images from the Trans-Antarctic Expedition are thanks to Hurley's unwavering dedication to documenting the story. At this point, Various destination options were considered, but none looked good. Shackleton eventually decided to march with his men across the ice, dragging the 20-foot lifeboats behind them. Once they had reached open water, they would attempt to reach Paulette Island, which was 250 miles away. Ironically, December brought warmer temperatures that made the ice soft, slowing their progress even more. This led to a near-mutiny and caused Shackleton to abandon the plan. The crew of the Endurance set up the appropriately named Patience Camp and waited for the ice to provide an opening. Two more months passed, 
as supplies dwindled. The men hunted seals and penguins to stay alive and were eventually forced to shoot and eat the sled dogs. Finally, on April 8th of 1916, the ice split, allowing Shackleton and his crew to board the lifeboats. They set out for the nearest accessible piece of land, Elephant Island. After five grueling days at sea with little remaining food and temperatures as low as minus 20 degrees Fahrenheit, they set foot on land for the first time in over a year. All 28 men had made it alive. Although they were now on land, Elephant Island was uninhabited and uninhabitable, totally barren. Frank Hurley wrote, Such a wild and inhospitable coast I have never beheld. Shackleton knew that there was no chance of rescue if they stayed put, so he made the decision to set out again in one of the three lifeboats in an attempt to return to South Georgia Island. The boat with the least damage was selected and dubbed the James Caird, after the trip's chief financial sponsor. The cruise carpenter reinforced it with wood and canvas scavenged from the other lifeboats and coated its hull with oil paint and coagulated blood from the seals the men had been hunting. Four weeks of supplies were packed. On April 24th, Shackleton boarded with five other men and set out to get help. The remaining 22 men stayed on Elephant Island and waited. If the James cared capsized or Shackleton failed to find help, the remaining survivors would almost certainly have died. Battling high waves and brutal winds, it took the James cared 16 days to reach the southern shore of South Georgia Island. Unfortunately, they still needed to make contact with the whaling stations on the north shore of the island. This meant one of two choices. Get back in the battered lifeboat and try to sail around the island, or attempt to hike across the island's uncharted interior. Shackleton felt making the trek on foot was the best option, so three of the men stayed with the boat while Shackleton and the other two began walking. To prepare for the mountainous and icy terrain, they pushed screws through the soles of their boots to serve as improvised crampons, and brought along a length of rope and a carpenter's axe. Impassable cliffs, frozen waterfalls, and other obstacles repeatedly blocked their route across the island. After a day and a half of sleepless marching, they made human contact at a whaling station. The whalers helped Shackleton rescue the remaining three men on the southern shore, but they couldn't reach the 22 at Elephant Island. Shackleton would make three more attempts to rescue his crew, first with a ship borrowed from Uruguay, then with one from a British expatriate in Argentina, and finally with one from the Chilean government. The first two attempts were blocked by ice, but the last attempt succeeded, and on August 30th, 1916, Shackleton rescued the stranded men. In the end, all 28 crew from the Endurance survived, but only by a narrow margin. The 22 survivors on Elephant Island had overturned their two lifeboats to form improvised shelters and subsisted on meat from seals and penguins they had hunted. However, when meat became scarce, they were nearly forced to cannibalism. One of the crew wrote, we shall have to eat the one who dies first. Just days before they were planning to embark on a suicide mission to get help, Shackleton returned to rescue them. He had been away 
for more than three months. I learned all about Shackleton this summer after reading the unbelievable account in a novel titled Endurance by Alfred Lansing, and I couldn't put it down. I read swaths of it out loud to my wife in exasperated disbelief, which she was pretty polite about. I'll leave you with this great quote. When speaking about his predecessors, Sir Raymond Priestley, an Antarctic explorer and geologist, had this to say. For scientific discovery, give me Scott. For speed and efficiency of travel, give me Amundsen. But when disaster strikes and all hope is gone, get down on your knees and pray for Shackleton. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.